Are you ready for the perfect beach bod? Learn to lift properly and get an effective workout done in 30 minutes so you can move on with the rest of your life. Hard Work Works Fitness on 2953 Shore Drive in Virginia Beach is now offering one-on-one small groups and is the only 24-7 gym on Shore Drive. Not to mention, they offer online training as well. You can contact them and get more information at 757-339-2915. That's 757-339-2915. Or visit them, www.hardworkworksfitness.com. Flush right now, Hard Work Works Fitness is offering you a special 20% off. Use the code HAUNTERS. That's HAUNTERS. You'll receive 20% off. Start taking the steps to make a better you. Hard Work Works Fitness, 2953 Shore Drive in Virginia Beach or online at hardworkworksfitness.com. Remember, use the code HAUNTERS for 20% off. Hunters presents Iconic. Welcome everybody to a special episode of your favorite podcast. This is Hunters Iconics. Okay. I only make you do it alone. <laughs> okay. Well, welcome to Haunter's Iconics. That sexy voice you heard at the other end was, of course, the man that is always by my side, holding my hand, lifting me up, making me feel like a beautiful man. That is Zach Hilton. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you. You're welcome. I've just missed you. You know, the last time I talked I've to you. I've missed you. You were in Disney. You were, yeah. you were riding roller coasters, having fun, giving us yeah. a quick review of your, your family trip. But we're not yeah. here to talk about that family trip just yet. We'll talk about that in a later episode uh, because, yeah. you know, as as I mentioned, this is an episode of Iconics. And, Iconics. And you three, <laughs> you, 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 you son of a... <laughs> gonna punch you through the scape. Uh, you, you can, to the moon, uh, Alice. Yeah, to the moon, Zach. To the moon. One of these days. Ooh. Um, no, so we are going to dive into uh, a classic horror film, a classic iconic horror character. We've done this before with the Friday the 13th. Uh, we did it with part yeah. one, part two. We're going to do a part three one coming up. But you put this out on our social media because you could always follow us on Facebook. Give us a search, Haunters Podcast, or on Twitter, at Haunters Pod. And you posted this on the Twitter asking, would you guys want an episode of Iconic this week? Right. And 100% of the folks went, yes, we want that Jaws episode. Oh, Ooh. you gave it away because I was going to say, what was what you asked the people that they wanted to hear us talk about? Well, I just said, hey, do you want us to do an Iconic Jaws? And it was yes or no, and 100% yes. Go ah, for it. So we talking about Jaws. Yes. Spot on. Yeah, I know. That was so scary. So scary. <laughs> I, I could see the scene where they're throwing the... Uh, you know, the pot roast into the water and all that, but uh, we'll talk yeah. about that in a couple of seconds uh, because, yeah. yeah, this is where we review those films, is where we talk those films, and I, I got to tell you, great call on asking people if uh, we wanted to talk about Bruce because I can't think of a better way to celebrate America. F yeah. 
Oh, you did it. You <laughs> did it. I love you. Uh, then talking about, perhaps, I mean, perhaps, talking about the first summer blockbuster, a film yeah. that to this day still scares people from going into the water, and to me, represents Fourth of July holiday viewing must-watch. Yeah, I watch every year, or at least I try to every year. It's it's always on my list to do, but um, I was excited about watching it this time just for, I mean, not that it's usually background noise, but, you know, a movie can become that way. But while watching it, I realized to myself, I don't think I've ever just watched this as background noise. I think I've always paid attention because I'm like, each scene, ooh, can't wait to watch this part. Ooh, can't wait to watch this part. And when we, you know, go through it, I I really do think this movie not only stands the test of time because there's nothing in it that's so like, you know, some movies, and we've talked about it, like Animal House. There's right. things in Animal House that do not stand today where when I watch this movie, it is bluntly kind of perfect. I agree with you. I was thinking that during the rewatch also because I was like, uh, you know, there's going to be things now that I'm really critically watching this film and I've seen it so many times, there's going to be things that I notice or things that I'm like, all right, that wasn't... No. Scene for scene, shot for shot. I mean, there are a couple things here and there that I'm like, eh, you know, and we'll get to those moments, but for the most part, this film is perfect. It holds up. There's nothing in it that... You know, even if you put modern eyes to it, somebody could say, oh, well, I can't believe they did that. Uh, you know, like you mentioned Animal right. House. There are things in Animal House that I'm like, oh, boy, you know, how do I how do I possibly tell my nephews or my goddaughter or something like that's an OK thing? You know, Belushi looking right. at women changing, uh, you know, with this ladder. That's OK. It's just comedy. Laugh at it. Uh, right. This doesn't have any of those moments, which is great because. Uh, it is still scary as all hell, though. I will admit that. Still, even knowing the scares, uh, it is still a terrifying film to show to a kid. But that that just comes with the territory of the beautifulness as well of how this movie was made because of the fact the shark didn't work. That's what makes it so damn scary. Yeah, I think that the, especially at the opening scene, you know, we just jump right in. Yeah, let's do two it. people going going to the water because they lock eyes and such, and they go to the water. And it, I love the shot of the girl who's swimming, and then her she puts her leg up, and then she just you know sinks down into the water. It's very, it's done so well. Yes. but then you know something pulls at her, and then grabs her and just swaying her left and right. I mean, it is tense and I think John Williams score superly works with that just like how I think Halloween works with Michael Myers theme with John Carpenter mm -hmm. I find John Williams score is just as much I mean don't get me wrong here I think what's really scary about Jaws is because there's a layer you don't see so you never see the shark you actually don't even really see the shark till what halfway through the film I want to uh, say it comes up right around the end of the second act because you see him it's the the attack on the boat when they're mm -hmm. in the bay 
that's actually one right. of the moments where yes. when we when we actually fully dive dive into uh, this, that's actually one of the moments that I have an issue with is leading up to that where I'm like, eh, that's where you okay. kind of messed we'll up. We'll get to that. But yeah, we'll get to that. But yeah, that's that's yeah. when you first see the shark, and that's right before we hit the you're gonna pay Quint, and now right. we're out on the Orca for the entire third act of the film. Right, right, but. Back at the beginning, so we're introduced to Roy Scheider, who I think is such a likable character. I think what I really enjoyed watching him, like, if they were to cast this now, it would be like Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling. It would be somebody pretty, where Roy Scheider isn't an ugly guy, but... I feel he is an everyday man, kind of like how Bruce Willis was in the original Die Hard. A little less action-y, obviously. But he felt like somebody I wanted to go on this journey with, with Brody. I think he was perfect for this cast. I agree with you. I think he's perfect. I actually think the entire cast of this film is perfectly cast. Even to Richard Dreyfuss being a very likable uh, character that that kind of brings you in. Yeah, he's the science guy, but he's able to still bring you into that science aspect. And then Robert Shaw, I, I'm growing up, uh, man. I'm sorry. I, I always wanted to be Quint. There was something so damn cool about Quint. Just that that first scene where you see him come in, he's eating the cracker, just scratching the butt. I'll find you, shark. And then I'll <laughs> kill it. And it's like, oh, God, I want to be you. I'll I want to be like you. the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. Yeah, for 30 Oh, yeah. Mm, you take my money. <laughs> take it, Quint. <laughs> well, I feel Quint, what really works with him is that, he, and the actor, like you said, Robert Shaw, I mean, he obviously has seen some ass. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit crazy, but he's the kind of guy that gets the job done. And I know, you know, we'll get to the finale and what happens, but I believe him throughout this and that was important so I agree with you that especially once we get on the orca because if somebody doesn't fulfill their role correctly if somebody's just not that believable that whole third act which is like 45 minutes of just them on a boat would not work exactly exactly especially those three those three needed to click on every sense of the way and I think they click better than anybody ever expected them to uh but yeah do, do you think it's time for us to kind of maybe start jumping into this film really start breaking it down a little yeah yeah well I'm, the, for me what i enjoy at the beginning that i really picked up I, I mean i probably noticed it before but i really find it awesome that roy scheider um is trying brody is trying to deal with this first shark attack because they find the body and everybody keeps coming up to him with these like minor issues like oh somebody threw eggs at my window oh yeah. somebody parked my, their bike in front of my driveway like it is hilarious he's trying to deal with this real thing because this town has never dealt with anything past those like minor problems so i really enjoyed watching uh brody's trying to deal with all these people because he's from the city he's yeah. seen bad so he's ready to deal with that. He's already ready to jump in bed with it. And he wants to shut down the beaches and such. So what do you think about these like opening moments with the main character? I love them because it does. Like you mentioned, it establishes Brody is big city guy caught in this small island town. 
Uh, these island locals are very, you know, listen, I, I lived in the Virginia Beach area, so I actually kind of get the island locals a little bit with the idea of they're just obsessed with this is summertime. This is where we make our money. This is this matters to us. And you're not from here. You don't understand that you scream shark. It's going to drive business away and that's going to really hurt us. So come on, take a step back. Is this really a shark? Is this not? But I also got the impression, uh, and tell me if you got this as well, that specifically when he's Brody's like, it's a shark attack. We got to close the beaches. And then you get that wonderful mayor from Jaws, that Ooh. wonderful Jaws mayor shows up, uh, Mayor Vaughn, and is like, hey, you know, people get chopped up in boats all the time. It's happened in the past. That to me, right. th- th- maybe because I've watched it so many times, that to me screams like they've had shark issues in the past and they're like, no, 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 don't say shark. This person just died from a boating accident or this accident that they've covered these up before. Yeah, I think that's actually a really good uh, point you're bringing up because I think I kind of did pick up on that where it was like, yeah, wait a second, you're saying all these people have died from boating and that yeah. the coroner is just ready to switch his story immediately because of the town's sake. I think I think you're hitting it on the head there that obviously the mayor knows more than he wants to digress and it, like granted they've never dealt with the monster they're dealing with now but definitely I think things in the past have happened and they're just sweeping them under the rug yeah that was that was kind of the impression I got a little early on and that's when they're having the conversation obviously after Brody has been told by the coroner that it's a shark attack has gone to the local store picked up the supplies has sent his his only other his only other deputy, uh, only other law enforcement besides him on the town to go close the beaches, and then he gets cornered by everybody of importance on the ferry that's like, don't you dare close these You're beaches. Right. Like, and this, so it's it's kind of a cool, I really like the setup in the beginning, because I feel like it, it does establish that again. Brody is the out-of-towner in this island that has all stuck together but he's the logical one out of everybody, the only sane one. And eventually, actually, Richard, Richard Dreyfus, uh, Matt uh, uh, Hop, uh, Hopper says Hooper. that. Uh, Hooper, thank Hooper. you. Uh, says that down the road to him where he's like, you're, you know, you're going to be the only sane one on this island when I leave. Right. Yeah. And when we get there, that's a, definitely a good point to bring up. Um, but then we actually go to my favorite scene, which is the beach scene where... Uh. All these people are in the water. They're just having a good day. And the reason why I enjoy this scene, I mean, it is definitely heartbreaking with what happens. But what I really enjoy about the scene is that it's real life. Like, this is exactly how every time I'm at the beach, I think of this scene. Because everybody's just doing their thing. There's kids in the water splashing. There's adults having conversations. and then Somebody's throwing a stick for their dog. Right, throwing the stick to their dog, and like you get the little sense of okay, something's up because the dog's missing, and you hear the guy calling for, and that's what I'm saying. Like it's right, it's real life because that's exactly what happens. And Brody's just looking in the water every time someone screams, he kind of has a minor freak out and such like that because he knows something's up, and he feels he is he's needing to do more, even though he's being told he can't. And then out of nowhere the shark comes and just demolishes this kid on the raft. I mean, blood flying everywhere. The Kittner boy, yes. Right. Now, 
am I right in this where the original version did not show as much blood as it does now? I am not sure about that. I just always assume that whatever I saw and what I own is what the theatrical cut was because I've never seen any like special edition. Right. You know, outside of like the it's the 30th because I think I own the 30th anniversary on DVD. Uh, yeah, I own the 40th on blue. Uh, yeah, yeah. I want that one so bad. But like outside you, of those. You, really quickly, you need to get it because there is a documentary that's worth a watch by itself on mm, it. That's, I like that. I like that a lot. It's like legitimately, it's a 90 minute to two hour documentary. Oh, nice. Watch. Yeah, you should watch it. But, um, okay. but going back to this tidbit, and this may be where I actually heard it. I feel like it was shown in tests how it was and it was so like well it's graphic hurtful. yeah it's graphic and it really gets people I mean even my wife watching it was like freaking out watching it I think the original run did not have it and it took till the PG-13 rating to actually add it back in <laughs> where they were like hey we could do this in a PG Steven Spielberg film <laughs> we scared the crap out we, we had Indiana Jones have his heart get ripped out like that's come what on. I was going to say that's <laughs> like, what I was going to say yeah. it took the heart ripping out of a body <laughs> to really get this back in the film and that's the only reason why he made Temple of Doom is so he could get this back yeah. in this is exactly why uh, Temple yeah you're right that's that's brilliant uh, thank you Steven Spielberg for doing that <laughs> and uh, George Lucas uh, no but that that scene is violent it is brutal but I also feel like it really truly establishes again kind of that you don't know what the threat is what we know as the audience what the threat is Brody knows what the threat is the townspeople right. are ignoring what the threat is and this right. is kind of a hammering home of you know the dog oh did the dog get eaten but then you see the kid the kid gets killed that doesn't right. happen in movies often no uh, it's becoming a little more frequent now but in 1975 oh my god no yeah. you don't do that so that drives home the horror aspect of this film of you get in that water kid dog adult you're gonna get eaten yeah, that's that's what's really really hits home during this last viewing because you know you always and even Hooper later down the line you you know he loves sharks he wants to learn about sharks and it really does drive home that this animal isn't a normal shark and I respect that because you know today's filming of this would you kill the shark you know what I mean yeah. would that actually be the the finale but in my eyes you had to with this one because he does come across as a monster and that's later on i got one question i'm gonna ask you about okay. it but um yeah so the mom at the end uh, at the end of the scene is like calling for a kid's name it's heartbreaking and then we move on to this Alex! like big count right Right. And we move on to this. Um, basically, everybody having a meeting about what are we going to do with the shark? And that's when we're introduced to Quint being like, I'll get him, but it's going to be a pricey B if yeah. you want me to. I'll get him for three. I'll kill him for 10. Right. Uh, like, that's some, oh. that's some stuff. I like that. Which, by the way, I, I was curious. So is he offering 13 to catch and kill? Because he said, I'm I'll guessing. catch him for three, but I'll kill him for 10. So I'm like, uh, so is that 13? Because he never clearly states what the actual final total is. 
No, because even when you meet them later down the line, when they finally go with them, like I don't even understand the pricing there. Yeah, it, it's just it, it really just becomes you're going to sign this, and we're going to hire Quint to kill the shark, and then yeah, they move on. Like, it's like, oh, okay, right. <laughs> Right. So, you know, we got a bunch of fishermen trying to go get this shark and they get a fake, like not the right one, but we learned that because Hooper is introduced. Yes. And like you said earlier, I love Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus as Hooper is probably, I, I don't know. It's like my favorite. It's one of my week, favorite Richard Dreyfuses. Right. Well, I just, I, yeah. I mean, Richard Dreyfus's roles, this is top tier, but yeah. like, I just I out of the three main characters on any day is going to be me going oh that's my favorite so I love all three of these guys they check the tiger shark the tiger shark <laughs> uh, is what? not you are, uh, what <laughs> I love that uh, what which is really funny because the next scene he's tiger doing, shark. Or, you know he's the one talking and he's not even like he doesn't even sound like that anymore and so yeah. I'm like why did you make that choice. <laughs> I, I actually have no issue with the choice of that because that would have been my reaction too because you know uh -huh. well i think it's funny though because he's a fisherman <laughs> but he doesn't even know the name of the shark and right, he's confused right. by it. he's like a oh, tiger shark what? Right. <laughs> right no i mean i i agree it was i'm just saying it was a choice just because his next line of dialogue he does not have no. that like tone he's a little deeper and stuff but i i definitely um and, and you, I love that you see Quint in the background uh, just laughing at him. So um, I just love that Quint's looking at him and laughing. And then we get to basically we find out this wasn't the shark. There's another attack at Beach Day and nobody wants to go to the beach because they've closed yep. them down. But the mayor's being a dumb dumb Well, only for, only for a day. They only closed the beach for the one day so they could go out right. there and catch the wrong shark. Right. Right. So they, they're really living up this like, oh, this tiger shark was it. Yeah. So he's the guy. He, that's the guy. Um, but go swim in this water. And even the mayor is going around and he's like, hey, get in the water because nobody's getting in. And it, it really shows how much like money controls people. Yep. And like you're willing to get people in there and they get in the water and there's this fake uh, shark which is a really good like coup because then uh this girl just painting sees the real shark heading to the uh pond where that's where brody's kids are with the boat because brody didn't want them in the main water so then this is my only problem of the movie okay. is that this guy's just coming up to him he's like hey kids you okay really comes off creepy yeah not gonna lie you guys okay over there? Yeah, it is. Like, like, so is the shark a hero at this point? <laughs> okay, Bruce is a hero at this point, tipping that guy's boat over and eating him and, and his leg hitting the ground. But I will say, it's funny because that never really, now I'm going to look at that differently. But the thing leading up to that that I always thought was a little bad was the girl. Yeah. The girl going, okay, yeah. Shark, shark, shark. It's like, oh, girl, you got hired for one thing, one thing, and you're kind of unbearable in that one thing. Uh, right. But, no, I get that. But I do want to quickly say, before we did get to that, though, you had the great yeah. moment between Brody and uh, and uh, Hopper, uh, Hooper, doing the uh, back and forth at the dinner where he was drunk. How'd your oh, day go? Love that. And scene. then they went and they cut open the tiger shark. 
And then they took the trip out into the ocean, and that had one of right. the scariest scares when uh, he finds the shark tooth, the great white tooth, and then he starts yep. playing with the boat, and out comes the head of a dead body. Yep. No, that that, that definitely got yeah. my kid last night. And it, that's what I'm saying. Like, this movie still holds up because my kid has now seen it three times, and he's not bored each time. No, so it's there's like something new to find it, every time in it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so those are those are definitely great scenes to get uh, to know those characters. So finally, the mayor, who's crazy as all gets out, signs the paper because Roy Scheider Brody's just like, you're going to sign it. I'm going to go get this sucker. <laughs> and then it's a really good, uh, like they go to Quint. They give him all his needs. Brody, Hooper and Quint are on this boat. It's just a three man deal for the final act. And like, it's a really cool game of cat and mouse yeah. during this. And I enjoyed it even more this time, really just paying attention because you could tell the shark is messing with them. And then they're they're getting to a point where you know they're drinking at um, one of my uh, favorite scenes ever. In great a movie. scenes because not only here but it's great in chasing Amy. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I love the, I love the comparing of scars into <laughs> yeah I know I know I love you <laughs> I love that you love that I made that reference <laughs> but. I love Quint telling his story of the independence strictly because, and let me tell, uh, let me know how you feel. I think if they ever were to do um, another movie, a spinoff, whatever, you do this movie. You do, you do the Indianapolis. You do Quint. Yes, you do that. You do that movie instead because I am interested in that hellish time in Quint's life which obviously made him crazy yeah uh, I love I, I do love that story of the Indianapolis because it's I know I've seen the uh, he he was kind of drunk when he first recorded it then he did it somewhat kind of soberish, ish uh, and that that sequence is a cut up of when he was hammered Robert Shaw and when he wasn't because Robert Shaw thought the best way to deliver it would be completely wasted and he kind of mumbled through some of it, but uh, that that whole thing, like the way he acts it out, the story, it's really brings some heavy moments when they're having such a lighthearted, fun thing, and then it's like, no, we're back to serious, and then quickly he just turns it into a singing, eh, show me the way to go home, yeah. like just turns it right back off where he gets so serious, and then he's like, hey, like oh, all right, now we're just sea singing. Hey there, podcast fans. I am Cassie, and I'm the host of Disflix and Tidbits, my solo movie podcast about Disney Company movies from the past, present, and coming soon, and all the little extras, movie news, and experiments on nostalgia in between. Come for the childhood memories, stay for the deep dives into your favorite movies. New episodes every other Wednesday. Tune in to Disflix and Tidbits. Subscribe for free wherever podcasts are found. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and then and sorry if the quality has changed, folks. Zaddy's doing this record on the go. Yeah, <laughs> we we are so dedicated to y'all. You started at home, now you're on now you're on the go for work. Ugh, now I it. just look like an a hole driving down the street with a headset. It's pretty great. Whatever. Yeah, that's <laughs> you how live I feel. in Virginia, buddy. You actually look the most sane. That's right. So, yeah. So, at this point, uh, you know, the shark is going after the orca. 
and it is ramping that ship up. I mean, it's damaging it left and right. And Quint, at this point, doesn't know how to beat the shark. Like, I think this is... He's, he's like, I've done all, like, Yeah. He's like, I don't know what to do. He's smarter than us. And I thought, like, I had him. So he's like, Hooper, can any of your weapons work? And Hooper's like, I can get this, this you know, medicine inside him, and hopefully that works, but I have to get in a shark cage, which that scene is kind of intense in itself. Oh, like, man. that's... This movie is so good with so many moments. Yeah, it's it really shows, it's crazy that it shows, you know, at the time, Steven Spielberg was like, a, hmm, we'll give this kid this movie, but he's, who's this kid? And yet he right. comes out with this film, because, you know, he was a TV director before he started rallying, right. against, rallying against TV films. Uh, right. Old man yells at crowd, uh, cloud Steven Spielberg days that we of now course. live in. Uh, but, of course. man, what he does... How he's able to build the suspense in that sequence. The shark then attacking him from behind in the cage with the setup, you know, giving you that scare yep. jump that comes in from the right. Because if you ever pay attention to films, you'll notice scare jumps usually sometimes come off screen from the right. It screws right. with your whole perspective of... I, I, I remember my film class learning about that, how it's a subconscious, we're not even aware of it, but it screws with our whole psyche without realizing right. it. So... That moment still gives that that jolt, even when you know it's coming, because it shouldn't come from that direction. Uh, yeah. And damn, it's just so beautifully shot. I love the underwater sequences. I remember the first time I watched it, even up until yesterday, so like a hundred plus times later, how scared I was for him battling Bruce in that damn cage. I'm like, no, 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 because again, Richard Dreyfus, like, love that character, love that actor. <laughs> specifically love that character in the movie who yeah, I keep wanting yeah, to call I, I, the Stranger I Things character. It. Yeah. I I think that's a very, you know, very scary scene. They did a very good job getting the shots, especially integrating, like, real sharks yeah. into it because they couldn't use their own Bruce. But, like, man, then from there we just go into this shark jumping on the boat. And that's the only thing I wish is that... Uh, I wish there was a better, like, special effect to get that shark on the boat. Because I get that it comes off, like, a little fake. And it still works. That's not what I'm saying. Like, it worked for me 100%. Well, that but, shark still holds up to this day. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But, like, him going up there and him killing Quint, like, there's something eerie about him killing Quint, especially oh. the way Quint's screaming and such. Well, it's it's full circle as well, because when jumping back to the story, Quint tells the story of, you know, it's the last time I'll ever put on a life vest, and as the boat's right. sinking, you notice he only grabs two life vests. He doesn't have one. He throws them to, you know, yeah, Brody. And, and, and You're right. Yeah, but he doesn't have one. And then he's telling the story, though, of all of his friends dying by being eaten yep. by sharks, so it's very, you know, full circle for his character no life vest and ends up being taken out by a shark in the water that's very true that's yeah, very true it's, it's definitely poetic yeah but it is sad because again you know i remember being a kid and i would watch that movie and would then kind of pretend i was playing you know like i was on the orca my couch was the orca and then when bruce would jump up and destroy it i would slide the the cushions 
off of the couch yeah. so that I would be falling down the cushions into the water to be eaten by Bruce. Because I would always, I would always, yeah, I know. I was, I was a sick kid. My mom would wake up on a Saturday morning at TV, not watching cartoons, watching Jaws, pretending to be eaten by the shark. I'm dying, Mom. Bruce ate me. Isn't it great? Nikki, Nikki, your eggs are ready. Ah! Ah! Just playing Jaws again. Oh, that's what he does. And your dad, your dad's playing too. All she hears in the background is smile, you, you son, son of a. Bitch. <laughs> Oh, oh man, man that's, that's, a, that's the childhood I need. Uh, that's uh, well, we'll write the movie. <laughs> there it is, my autobiography. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah so Quinn's eating. Uh, Brody's trying to escape. The shark gets one of the air compressors inside the shark's mouth. He's hanging on the like tip top of the boat while yeah. it's getting closer and closer to the water. Shark gets closer. I already said the line. Smile, you son of a. Boom! Shoots the shark, blows him up, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's the that's that's how they got the shark. That's how and, they got the shark. And then uh, when you thought Hooper was dead, and at least Brody thought he was dead as well, who pops up? Hooper from underwater because right. he was hiding the whole damn time. They killed the shark. He, he yeah. you know, he's the one that's like, nah, I can kill the shark. And then they're like, mm, no, nah, I'm gonna go hide now. Uh, right. <laughs> Sorry, right. I'm giving, giving Hooper a lot of uh, a lot of flack right now for no a reason. Flack there, you yeah, son of being, a being mean to him. I mean, he survived the damn cage being attacked. Uh, right. But no, and then and then he pops up. He does the, you know, they smiling. They're happy. They they won. Quint, no, and no. you know, just have that moment. And then they they ride. Yeah. Uh, they swim back ashore with the uh, the barrels that Quint had been using to try and bring uh, Bruce. I keep calling him Bruce. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It's We're fine. not talking Finding Nemo Bruce. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is the spin-off. <laughs> yes, this is the original uh, Bruce. Uh, and, yeah. And, yeah, so, you know, then they, they ride those uh, barrels back in uh, and have the classic, is it Tuesday? Wednesday? What day is it? <laughs> yeah, Just exactly. One last quick little line of bringing a little smile to your face is, you watch them swim in and John Williams' happy score there at the end and you see the credits and the thanks and all of that. And right. You have this this film that was a nightmare to film, cost Universal a lot of money, made people at the studio think, oh my God, we're all going to get fired. Uh, right. Steven Spielberg thought he'd never have a job again. Yep. And history I mean, was it written was a, and it became it was the a blockbuster. Time. Yeah. It was definitely a time for Spielberg. But, I mean, he proved himself. He proved oh, himself yeah. to be so much. I mean, this movie made over $400 million back in the 70s. Yeah. So, God knows how much that would be with uh, ticket pricing today. I forgot where and, it sits inflation-wise, but I think it's a top 10 all-time with inflation. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you. I'll do this because I'm on the thing it says 260 domestically. I'm going to do 2019 and see what it says. It says, and this is just domestic. Holy crap. Wonderful. Yeah. A million. Domestic. <laughs> a domestic. Yeah. A million dollars. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Domestically, the movie would have made 1,153,000. No, wait. 100,000. No. 1 billion. Yeah. 1 billion. $153,990,200. I feel like you should have said that as Dr. Evil. Like, that's how big that number was. And, like, slowly, $1 like, $1,053,000,000. <laughs> 
527 million. <laughs> what are those like? Yeah, you keep looking at yeah. number two, like, what is the number I'm saying again to them? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes. I love it. Uh, but no, yeah, man, yeah. that. That movie just hit on everything. I mean, I don't even have to look at the Rotten Tomatoes to tell you that it's at a hundred percent critic. Uh, actually, like, mm-hmm, it's actually at ninety-seven percent on the tomato oh, meter. You must have been the a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. But I'm actually going through trying to find who the a-hole is. That was like, this is trash and just nothing yeah, but. <laughs> I'm more of a meg guy. Myself. Yeah, yeah, right. The movie that literally <laughs> rips off. The only thing yeah. that saves the meg is that third act in the meg where they do oh, jaws. A hundred percent. You're absolutely right. 100%. They even call the damn dog Pippet. Like, yep. Like, oh, so, jump in the water. Oh, hey, Jaws. <laughs> and then you get the little Chinese kid with the, I want to go back in the water, mommy, and grabs his yeah, orange I raft. I did love that. I did love or that. Or his yellow raft. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you could tell in the theater who were the actual fans of shark movies because to me, this is the number one shark movie. If you want oh, a shark uh, movie, oh, yeah. this is the go-to. This is the gold standard. Nothing will match it. Nothing will top it. And if it does, then my God, yes, because that means we got nothing. That means we got a film that is nothing short of a masterpiece. Yeah, no, I agree that like this almost it hurts other shark movies because I enjoy. Trust me, I enjoy because you're talking to a guy that loves Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. And you're talking to a guy that loves The Shallow and you're talking uh, Shallows. And then you're talking to a guy that can even like Sharknado. So, <laughs> yeah, you do. I mean, I like my shark movies, but uh, but in realistic fashion, this movie kind of hurts other shark movies in a way that if it was made back in the 70s, I mean, like, I know Superman is the superhero movie, but I consider Jaws the Dark Knight of shark movies. So if the Dark Knight was made in the 70s, what impact that would probably have on superhero movies? Yeah, I, I could see that. And I agree with you because anytime you see a new shark movie come out, the comparison is always, well, always how is it Jaws. compared to, to Jaws? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, well, you can't do that because if you do that, that's unfair to whatever movie you're watching. Like, for right. instance, I, I'm like you. I love my summer shark movie. I'm going to be seeing 47 meters or 48 meters down, whatever the hell they're calling it. 40, 47 right. meters unchained or something like it, whatever the hell it is. <laughs> something ridiculous. <laughs> Some sequel to the Mandy Moore film that was really good. I'm going to see that because it's a shark movie. Shark eats people. I like watching that. But right. I will never compare it to Jaws because I know it's not Jaws. And that's not fair to whatever film I'm watching. Like... Yes, the every one of these shark films, like the Meg specifically, going to rip off things from Jaws as a hat tip, you know. So when right. I'm watching the Meg in theaters, you could tell who the real shark movie fans are because that sequence in the third act has the audience laughing. People who aren't right. laughing, you're like, well, then you're not. You're either haven't watched Jaws a thousand times, haven't seen Jaws, or just aren't picking up that this is literally a <laughs> ripping off line for line or a sequence from the movie. Right. Uh, and, right. and you could find that in any shark movie because they do give the hat tips. But uh, The Shallows is one, for instance. That is not a Jaws film. That should not never be asked. But I had people after I saw it, I was like, this is a fan. I have not seen a shark movie this good in years. And people were right. like, 
oh, well, how do you, how does it compare to Jaws? It doesn't. It's not Jaws. Jaws is people versus shark. This is human caught in bad situation against shark. Like, Yeah. I, now, moving on, I got two questions for okay. you. One, and this one's a quick one, so I, it's a quick answer. Okay. Do you consider Bruce a universal monster? Absolutely. Okay. So do I. Like I said earlier, and that's why I wanted to bring it back, is that this character of Bruce Jaws is not not the same as what Hooper loves. This is a monster of yes. what Hooper loves. And I love the fact that they have to go after it to kill it because there is no saving this creature. If it got captured, all it would try to do is kill anybody post. Right. Um, and then my my second question I'm trying to remember <laughs> well while you try to remember that I actually wanted to quickly hit on the uh, Hooper thing really quickly because okay. I didn't get to do this earlier one of the things I love about this movie is that even the little things that they say in dialogue and this is crazy because I know that uh, the writer of this film lived in the same place with Steven Spielberg and he would write the scenes that morning and then Spielberg would read them and then they go film oh, them. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's a lot. If you really take a deep dive into this damn movie, there is so much of this shouldn't have worked. Kind of like Batman 89. There's no reason it should have worked because of how fast right. they put the film together. But right. those end up being the classics better than the films that they take like six, seven, eight months to put together and have right. writing rooms on. So... I was blown away at the fact that through this viewing that I realized, like, Hooper's like, oh, I'm leaving in a day before they go cut open the shark. You're going to be the smartest man on this island. But then when they realize it's not the shark, the next day you see the phone calls being taken place and everybody's kind of running hectically trying to make sure the beach is safe. Hooper right. said he's leaving to go do 19 or 18 months at sea or something like that to study right. sharks. He's on the phone going, why would I come to you? I have a great white here. I have a great white here. Clarifying right. that this is why he's not leaving the movie. He's staying. We've established yes. that he was supposed to leave, but now we're reestablishing. He ain't going to look at your damn sharks over there. He's got a monster here. And then, right. as you mentioned, with constantly saying it's not a normal shark, there is that moment as well where Brody looks at him and goes, is this normal for an, a shark or a great white? And he even says, this is not a normal habit of any yeah. of it none of this makes sense which then reestablishes again for all the people out there that are like don't kill the sharks because i'm one of those people like i love sharks please right please That's be friendly to them it is I'm their home way. yeah but they establish enough of it's not a typical great white there's something off about this that is ringing the dinner bell and it is coming and it will not stop until it devours everything so I, I do love that. I love that establishment. I love that setup. And I love how this film is capable of constantly going back, of giving you something, but then giving you a reason why that Hello? hasn't happened. Yeah, you're still here. Um, Sorry that my boss called me. During no, your you're fine. You're fine. I kept it going for everybody. Don't worry about that, <laughs> daddy. But yeah, there I was just go. saying, like, I just love how this film was able to establish things but then continually change while never being so abrupt where it's like, well, didn't he say he was leaving and now he's just here for the rest of the film? It's like, yeah, we said he's leaving, but then we gave you this line as well that maybe you missed, hopefully you caught, that establishes he ain't leaving. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. They. I mean, they definitely uh, cross their T's and dot their lowercase J's. <laughs> um, but... 
Damn, a Wayne's World 2 reference. All right. <laughs> You're welcome. But what, Stock. Um, what I was going to ask you earlier, and this is a controversial question for most people. Do I want an old man fashioning a log into a... Uh, yes. Yes, you do. I do want that. <laughs> but what I, what I was going to say is, is like, there's tons of movies that get rebooted and remade and such like that. And you brought up that all these people always, well, what is it compared to Jaws? And the problem is, is that I feel like Jaws is its own entity of where it's more about humans dealing with things yes. and of this problem. And that's the issue. It's not, it's not, oh, a person gets stuck at a beach with a shark. It's not, oh, we're underwater in a cage and there's sharks. It's always real life with this problem. Yes. So that being said, do you think you could remake or reboot Jaws with the same fashion? Because that's what, and it wouldn't be the same, like, oh, like, for me personally, I would like a reboot of Jaws in the fashion of we're back at Amity and um, it's a town trying to rebuild itself and then, once again, it's a shark attack. And what, what you find out is that the reason why Bruce came before is because of the the weather changing and the seas. Make it more global warming, right. warming thing. So now, now Amity is dealing with not only just one shark, but now there's a chance that multiple sharks could be coming. And they're talking, like even in the original, they talk about uh, territory. Yeah. And how the shark would be. So maybe if they could kill the shark before it marks its territory, then sharks won't come. You know what I mean? And that's just me spitballing immediately. But I'm like, I don't need another shark situation of, oh, there's a shark in my basement. I need human interaction dealing with this. And would you be down with a reboot or remake? I would want some form of reboot that kicks the franchise off again. Maybe, you know, we ignore part two and just a reboot like what they did with Halloween 2018. You know, just kind of pick up after the first one 40 plus years later down the road. How's Amity, you know, reacted from this one summer of horribleness? Did it affect them for years? Are they back to where they are? Uh, I do like the idea of incorporating, you know, uh, global climate change because that is a thing that really is affecting and affecting waters out there and affecting sea sea creatures so that could be an interesting right. take of you know why something came back why a new bruise came back but as far as remaking jaws hell no there are certain films that as great as they are need to not be touched and i understand that hollywood doesn't want to change the wheel i understand that things will be retouched hell this summer we have toy story 4 men in black 4 uh, whatever else for Spider-Man, all that stuff. So, you know, we're getting all of those things. I get that that's a thing in Hollywood, but just make a new Jaws film or something that continues on the legacy of what Spielberg did, but don't touch right. the Spielberg classic. I agree. I agree. And that's why I said I'd rather reboot. I don't think you need to remake it where someone's playing Quint, Hooper. If they Birdie. remake it, it's just going to turn into the definition of what nowadays the summer blockbuster is. And unfortunately, that's Fail. what the Meg tried to be <laughs> last year and failed. I don't want to say failed because I actually did have fun with the Meg, but didn't succeed in the way of what we expected 
from like a Jaws. So that's all I got for the movie as well. It was a good times. I definitely say see it. See it immediately. I agree. You got to watch this, especially in time for the 4th of July. So definitely Ooh. give it a watch. Uh, Zach had to run. So I'm going to wrap this show up. But uh, definitely give Jaws a watch. Thank you guys for spending some time with us on this episode of Iconics. Uh, don't forget, you can always follow us on Twitter at Haunters P-O-D on Facebook. Give us a search Haunters Podcast uh, and you can interact with us there as well. Go back, listen to some previous episodes if you haven't yet. Share with your friends. Like, subscribe, like, and subscribe. Until next time. Uh, We don't do that on this show, but I'm going to do it anyway because Zach had to leave. Stay scary, my friends. Thank you.